0: So, Charles, (laughs) hi. for anyone that doesn't know what just happened, can you explain to me ASMR?
1: Yeah, so ASMR is like one of the newest trends right now, and it's where you can either like whisper or you're like focusing on like the sounds of um, mostly inanimate objects, or you can eat. I like to eat and do it a lot, too, but it's a huge uh, trend right now, just like the whole Um, Audiovisual Stimulation
0: Awesome Yeah you're a big fan of um, Like the internet and YouTube and Content and you make not only Music but also Mukbangs
1: Mukbangs yeah I like to film Mukbangs but also too I make like music Videos as well and I have really Prided myself on being a visual artist As well as being like a recording artist And performance artist but Visuals are a huge, huge part of my passion.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So you're not an ASMR YouTuber? No. (laughs) Cool.
1: I just do that for fun.
0: Okay, great. So... Just for fun. (laughs) Tell us. So full disclosure, Charles is my roommate and close friend and artistic collaborator. Let's start by expanding like the introduction of Internet Boyfriend, your Mm -hmm. music project. Mm -hmm. What is Internet Boyfriend? Who is Internet Boyfriend? What does Internet Boyfriend sound like and look like and act like?
1: Well, of course, Internet Boyfriend is my music project. It's a study of like, like I said, like millennials in past uh, interviews. But no, it's a study of millennials and how just like we interact with each other online and strangers online and how we really make ourselves vulnerable to people around the world that we've never met or that we've gone on like Tinder dates with once and hooked up with once. And then you just keep talking to them and it's really nice. So it's like the study of that and just the identity crisis culture we're all in, especially if you're a young adult, because everyone's struggling with how to live a full life in real life and not translate that on instagram or a social media platform so i'm really taking advantage of like the identity crisis like every young adult is dealing with and like the huge effects that social media has on like our our psyche that people don't realize i can tell that like my hands and arms hurt a lot from how i hold my phone i'm on my phone like all the time like tendons and fingers hurt and like I feel like it's due to being on my phone so much um,
0: yeah I really I think I have trackpad shoulder from crunching my little arm in yeah my it's laptop. real
1: but no internet boyfriend whenever you see me live I'm really always just like decked out in my finest fucking street wear, street wear for you uh, I usually have dyed hair it's like a, the truest form of myself who is Kahlo And yeah, no, but that's what Internet Boyfriend is. It's just like a big play on just internet culture and being a millennial and sifting through mediocrity.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't say that Internet Boyfriend is anywhere close to mediocre. Mm -mm. I think a lot of a lot of the presentation of self that you do is like about presenting your best self, no? Some of your lyrical content, it's like navigating these situations like you said love in the 21st century and millennial culture and internet culture and
1: call out culture
0: Mm. can you elaborate on that
1: yeah so a few songs i've written uh are kind of just been like my experiences within like call out culture and like the context of it like whenever it comes to what's actually valid what's just the slanderous shit talk of someone who has ill intentions that are more self-serving than, like, has the intent of a community or a greater good besides something more, like, self-serving. Um I've only been, in, like, one position where someone just out of jealousy and, like, their own lack of self-fulfillment. Like, I posed a threat to, like, their very fragile, like, mental state or whatever. And, like, I was being, like, internet boyfriend is being called out for being, like, toxic, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. So I was, like, instead of having, like, a dialogue or, like, straight up, like, conversation with someone who wouldn't be able mentally have the capability of reciprocating a civilized conversation, I was, like, fuck it. I'm going to write a diss track about you. And I'm going to write multiple ones about you and other dumb people (laughs) who do nothing but just create stigma and i hate to say it but my haters are all white women so like so congrats on just making your angry feminist stereotype more real
0: like why do you think that these people have wanted to tear you down
1: well it's not really these people it's really it's just like what i deal with it's like one very specific person and It's not really much to do. I think it is probably my identity just because I live very freely and openly and I live very unapologetically. And if I personally don't, if I'm not comfortable with you as an individual, I'm not going to let you in very easy at all. So I think it was due just because of like how freely I live and I don't live with very many um, boundaries. I have hesitations, but I don't ever like...
0: Like boundaries I don't, with yourself.
1: Yeah, like, so I definitely have, like, personal boundaries and preferences, but I don't live with, like, limits, though, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. And some people don't have that in themselves or grew up very liberal or freeing, and I did, so I feel like, in the instance we were just talking about, I feel like it's just, like, jealousy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, some people wish they can live as freely and express how they, and, and express themselves how they really want to, and they can't. And that's not my fault.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you can learn from me and try and be your best self, but don't take that from me because you don't have it.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. So you've not only created out of these conflicts, you've not only created some awesome diss tracks, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you've like kind they're of They're
1: empowering too. Like they're diss tracks that like are empowering if you really ever listen or listen really listen or read my lyrics that's what I pride myself on as being a writer I'm like I'm honestly an artist first and like a rapper second just because I grew up in a background of fine arts and performing in the performing arts so performing visual art my visuals of internet boyfriend have really come first and like recording and being a rapper have come second
0: so tell me about growing up in Bowling Green Kentucky and being involved in the performing arts and school and how that kind of shaped your artistic journey.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a single-parent household with my mother Martha and my sister Selena in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Whenever I was growing up, I went to private school, like I went to a Catholic school from preschool to eighth grade. And so while doing that, my mom knew it was really important for her children to be well-rounded, So I was in mixed sports for a while, like soccer, karate, and a little bit of tennis for off and on. And then around, like, fourth grade, I started acting. So I started doing more plays and started singing more. And so fourth grade on to high school, I was um, in the performing arts. I was doing musicals, like various, like, acting classes, dance, and, like, music classes alongside, like, the choral society in in high school and then as i got older like senior year i started smoking weed and stopped performing and started and stopped participating in the performing arts and got more into conceptual visual pop art and performance art
0: but you still have like a pretty strong passion for like broadway and
1: oh deeply i'm going to see beetlejuice when it opens on broadway next month like i'm gonna take a playing in New York for a weekend and go see it.
0: That's really awesome. Does that does like musical theater and kind of dramatic performance influence your current music project?
1: For, for Internet Boyfriend, yeah. Uh, just because I still rehearse a lot. I still I still, oh I need to start warming up a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like People who are like professional actors who do Broadway and stuff like that, they're honestly like the ideal artists for me because they put so much craft into what they do and they perform it eight eight times a week. You know what I mean? So it's crazy. And I love that because they're being active. They're healthy. They are working out, exercising not only their vocal cords, but every other part of their body because they have to like do it two-hour performance. It's a
0: full-body workout. You
1: know? So, yeah, no, I love theater so much. And, like, um, live music is really, really important to me. I love hearing bands. I like symphonies. I love the shimmer horn downtown. Um, So very much the performance art and theater are very important to me. Because that's what I grew up on was live Mm -hmm. music. I grew up more in, like, the rock industry Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, like what my mom was doing. So the industry I grew up around was very different than like what I am in now and what I'm participating in.
0: Like the music you're listening to and the DIY scene. Yeah,
1: well yeah, so like the DIY scene in Bowling Green it's very like punk punk hardcore like hardcore bro music you don't really get a lot of like now you do. I, I feel like um, cuz a few of my friends are are electronic artists in Bowling Green. But really, uh, the huge like cult- DIY culture there when it comes to like music, it's very, still very heteronormative. Mm-hmm. So that was the DIY culture I grew up in was something that was really heteronormative, and there wasn't like available space for me and Mike, my, my friends, to like be like queer as fuck, like hoodlums, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like there wasn't space for that. There was like the one local dive bar, but like what the hell, like, I don't mm-hmm. want to see the same people every damn day. So that's why I moved. <laughs> that's why I moved to Nashville was because I was, like, bigger city, still in the South, not too far from my home. And my my participation in a DIY scene changed whenever I moved to Nashville because I was producing my own music more, and I was putting on my own shows and creating a space that I want, that I wanted.
0: So how does it compare... Uh, in terms of, like, the queer community that you found within or around DIY music?
1: It's crazy just because... I have found it. I, I'm gonna speak in the terms of nationally here in the United States. I have found I have been surprised with just like the a genuine support I've received by queer people all around the United States. Mm-hmm. Like I just performed in LA for my first time in November and that was fan- like fantastic. I collaborated with some of my favorite artists uh, out there and met really great artists too. So it's just lovely.
0: So, you would say, like, moving to Nashville has given you the opportunity to, like, meet more people that you can work with and make songs and videos with. Extremely. And not only that, but you've been able to go on tour as well around the country. Mm. I guess I would be curious to know how everything you've seen compares to what you've seen in the South as far as, like, just... DIY and your experience?
1: Yeah, no, well, since moving to Nashville, like, the big thing that, like, why I needed to move out of, like, my town in Kentucky was because none of the music bros was taking me seriously. Nobody. Maybe, like, the one, like, quote unquote gatekeeper woman who like has a house venue in Bowling Green but like nobody was taking me seriously at all and it was so fucking frustrating because my shit's the best and it was the best damn stuff coming out of the ho- out of Bowling Green and like my friends and people supported it but it was like whenever it came to like the bros and like those two three bands that play the same venues a- or same houses in a basement every weekend and that's what they're going to continue to do is play in those same basements their whole life did not take me seriously and it was fine because I didn't need that but I was like well fuck this I'm going to Nashville I'm going to go to Music City Mm -hmm. and fucking take over and take over everywhere else from there and so the big thing that I love is that people even if we're acquaintances or friends you take me seriously because you know whenever you see me live it's not a joke it's not a game and I'm not like rapping about dumb shit you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, people take you seriously here. And your songs, your lyrics, they're, I think, provocative and mm-hmm. vulnerable and fun, mm-hmm. but also serious. But mm-hmm. it's kind of that bridge. Some of it's
1: playful, though. It
0: is playful. And I think it's that bridge between, like, people don't take millennials seriously mm-hmm. and, like, don't take or perhaps wouldn't consider, like, the problems of Western youth culture, like, to mm-hmm. be... Of, of importance to like make art about but that's what you're making art about is like millennials and internet culture and youth culture mm-hmm. and people are receiving it well and you've had glowing reviews in the nashville scene for performances
1: E, thank you yeah yeah real recognized real
0: so, what do you think about the positive reception to your work?
1: Um, it's really nice. It's a nice little affirmation, you know. I live for the reviews and I live for the applause. So it's like, I love it. It's cute. It's definitely not the last one to come. I can't wait mm-hmm. to pop off whenever my uh, EP drops later this year. So mm-hmm. yeah, tell It'll us. Be fun.
0: Tell me about a recent release you've had before telling me about the upcoming stuff
1: yeah I dropped a music video for a single called l a boy um in December and it's doing it's doing well you should go watch it l a boy internet boyfriend um that was really the only release i'm just trying to keep it really low key because I would like to move up north in the fall and i wanna i need i just need to continue writing more and practicing a craft do
0: you hear a squeaky noise i do
1: hear a squeaky noise
0: what's the squeaky noise about okay Okay, and we're back after solving the mystery of the squeaky noise. The noise. We are back. We loved the
1: squeaky noise, but it's gone now.
0: Jesus.
1: (laughs) Sorry, that was my dick falling out of my pants. (laughs) 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 It went bonk. (laughs) Bonk. (laughs) 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 Okay, cool. Where were we at?
0: Um, I don't know. But I know what I want to talk about, I think. Um, Okay. So I have a unique perspective because I am friends with you and I live with you. And I feel like a lot of what I've gained from living with you, aside from just a depth of knowledge of pop culture, is um, an attitude that you should be able to work your day job and get paid and take care of yourself and, like, Mm -hmm. live the life you want to live and also make time for focusing on your art and that that's, like, the end goal. And you have kind of a philosophy about that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. So something that I really try and pride myself on and maybe want to set an example for other artists um, is that it's really important to... Be career driven. And of course, whenever you are an artist, like making money can be really hard. Um, Especially too, if you have to have like a job or two to support you, if you are a working musician. And for me, I'm lucky that I work a day job where. I'm, I'm very passionate about it, and it's something that does bring a good income in for me as a 22-year-old, and I'm passionate about it, and I love it. So it's one of those things to where <clears throat> I'm not miserable at my job, and it just makes my night job, quote-unquote, music or performing easier because it also, of course, it supports me and my bills, XYZ, but also I can do what I want creatively with it as well. I personally think it's important just to have your future in mind because if you are going all out, and as you should be going all out, if you're a musician or a performer and you want to, quote unquote, make it, the thing is, not everyone's going to. And I think it's important to have a plan B. And that's what my mother always told me too, like being a performer and like in the performance arts wanting to go to school for acting X, Y, Z. My mother's always like, you need a plan B. So in my case, my I don't even see it as a plan B. I just see it as options for me as I get older yeah. and going forward. Like I'm always gonna continue creating and making music and rapping or singing, whatever. But I love working in fashion and I would love to do both together. And have them both pay my bills.
0: That's kind of what I that's what I see you doing is a concurrent like two careers at once almost because you're being really smart about it, in my opinion. Your day job is helping you move to New York, which is going to help your night job, your music career pop off mm-hmm. simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's it's smart
1: yeah and i just want to be seen as a career driven man you know what i mean like whenever people even hear rap music or like assume a lifestyle it they're so wrong just because i don't want to be seen as some like i'm i don't want to be seen as someone who literally is carefree and does not care about my own better interest and in other people's like no i have a career and i do make pretty good money for someone my age and I want people to know that I am serious about the music industry but also it's important to have security and to take care of yourself in the long run in 10, 15, 20 years you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I think it's important to focus on your craft as a musician but also to like if you're not making like, m- if, like if you're not making an income from it um, at least find something that can supplement you that also fulfills you creatively and fulfills your passions so you're not hating yourself at some shitty like entry level service job mm-hmm. and if you want that that's fine that's not an issue but I can just speak for myself that I try and be viewed as a serious
0: business man <laughs> Yeah. damn it <laughs> and I think you're doing a great job um, how has being involved in the fashion industry influenced your music project internet boyfriend
1: um i can afford it i can afford it a little bit better with that discount but um other than that no i kind of just like i'm on a very surface i'm on a very almost surface level uh position whenever it comes to working in fashion because i sell luxury goods I have to study the product I get in from each season and know how to sell that and speak to it accurately and speak to like those brands. So I love having a job where I can engage in different designers and study what they're what my company is buying from them each season and sell that, you know, like I run an appointment mm-hmm. based selling business you know like yeah. in, like over in Green Hills.
0: It's a job that's driven, your success is driven by you and how hard you work.
1: Exactly like uh, they tell you at my company you drive your own business own your business and that's the same thing like that translates to internet boyfriend because mm-hmm. what i do at my day job is literally running a business executing it and pushing product and that's the same thing with internet boyfriend so my day job has literally helped me get more of like a business business ethic mindset mm-hmm. instead of treating my music as like oh like my little like wishy-washy whatever it's like no nah, it's a business like if you book me out of state, there's gonna be like a guarantee and a fee, X, Y, Z. Not always over homies, but usually.
0: Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna ask is, has being a salesperson and working in retail on a very serious level, um, influenced uh, the way that you practice as an artist? And obviously it has, mm-hmm. you've got that business mm-hmm. mindset. I'm really interested in your internet presence and how you engage with your fans and how you market yourself first of all your music and like the actual products like your videos and your songs and your albums and the shows but also just your personality and how that is tied all tied together
1: Mm. yeah well whenever it comes to marketing and music I could be a little bit better but I'm just constantly like posting on Instagram I'm constantly posting like my research what I'm doing, my screenshots shit that I find that's funny and I want you to see or that's like relevant to internet boyfriend or like what inspires me on a day to day or how I use and perceive the internet. I'm always pushing that and putting it onto my page so other people see it and can engage with it and kind of understand more of like my everyday life and how Mm -hmm. I view and use the world around me
0: Yeah like I said earlier you have exposed me to a lot of pop culture. Oh, I I watch
1: Wendy Williams every day.
0: That I missed out on, yeah, (laughs) just in my youth. But you've exposed me to a lot of... (laughs) I think Internet Boyfriend is, like, a pop culture icon. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, the way that you engage with your fans is really important to your whole message and your artistic practice because if what you're doing as internet boyfriend is exploring like internet culture and that experience heavily involves sharing it with others through the internet i guess i'm just seeing like parallels between what you're writing about and then how you practice engaging with your fans and engaging with people you know it's it's your true lived experience but it also continues to like compound on itself where we're making internet art about the internet, and we're sharing it with people on the internet. In my opinion, being online and kind of having more than, you know, like a thousand followers, just at the point where you're engaging with people who are strangers, and strangers are invested in your life as you present it online.
1: Which is crazy.
0: mm Mm-hmm. It's like, it, Kind of feels just like an extension of the performance, like it's all kind of one performance art piece.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's performing on the internet, you know what I mean? Like, who, like, everyone is literally putting on a performance on Instagram, like, ever on their page. That is a performance, that is a perception of what a very specific perception that each person wants you to see and it's like that's where i go back into mediocrity it's like you literally i just feel like the sense of like getting to know someone in real life or like viewing them or just having to find them in real life just because you're present and you're at and you're somewhere that's like where if you're at a happening and you notice and meet creative people i feel like we're losing that right now like, I know so many scummy, generic, like, white boys on Instagram <laughs> who are like, I'm a, i am eye cast, and I, I'm a creative influencer, and, like, you have a trendy haircut and some chains on. <laughs> like, the thing that I really don't like is that mediocrity is now just being, like, integrated into, like social media and people who are quote unquote gatekeepers I'm noticing those quote unquote gatekeepers just like finding an Instagram page of some generic ass looking ho and gassing them up and giving them like opportunities that they don't deserve and you could find someone else like in real life doing some shit and you could give them the opportunity instead of someone with like a filter on Instagram you know what I mean like yeah Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, like, a person's presentation of themselves on an Instagram page could look, or it could capitalize on some trends, like some trendy, you know, streetwear kind of Yashika T4 film fuckboy kind of look. I mean, I'm
1: wearing a chain and Versace sunglasses. But,
0: basically, you're saying a lot of people get gassed up and receive opportunities or attention when they can't when they don't have, deliver
1: in real life? When they have no talent in real life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, whenever, like... like, uh, <clears throat> So, like, if it's, like, someone who has, like, a really, like, aesthetically pleasing Instagram... Yeah, the value's
0: placed on the aesthetics. The, yeah, it's
1: value placed on, like, their social media presence and their aesthetic instead of them actually showing out in person and, like, wowing somebody or presenting an original fucking thought and not something regurgitated. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like...
0: Because a lot of consumption that we, or the way that we consume on Instagram, personally, just for me, the way that it's set up, is it's not a conscious curation of content. Like, yes, you choose who you follow, but when you scroll on your feed, like, you're being presented different images by an algorithm, and you're not specifically seeking out, like, oh, I want to watch a film by from this era of, like, you know, whatever kind of directors in the 60s or something like that's like an example of seeking out content and you're curating it for yourself. But we kind of just mindlessly scroll. And so it's really surface level. A lot of times the way that we consume on social media, the way we consume art through social media, and it allows a lot of people, I, would, yeah. I guess you're saying to be mediocre but have clout and have some level of success yeah
1: and i'm definitely not i'm not definitely not i'm trying definitely not trying to like knock someone or like take their success but i'm just saying like i have seen in nashville that that's what i've seen is just people literally with no talent or creative bone in their body being gassed up because they know how to curate an instagram page you know what i mean um And I say trendy haircut and chains because I have a trendy haircut and chains on right now, (laughs) but...
0: I can relate.
1: And I would just love to see that change here because that's what I've noticed in Nashville.
0: So how do you think that we as artists trying to authentically present ourselves to the world, how do we go about curating kind of a network and community of other people that are not surface level, but that are really creating really creating something worth investing your time into. How would you be doing that, I guess? How are you doing it?
1: I would be participating in, like, the gallery hops here in town, like, the art hops. I never can because I work Fridays and Saturdays usually. Mm -hmm. But on the seldom times I've been able to, like, actually catch it, I've seen, like, artists, like, visual artists that I'm, like, so infatuated with. And I think it's that. I think it's just being more present and taking a chance and going to something that might cost $5, $10, or might be free. But I think it's definitely going to stuff that, or like even lineups or bills that don't have as the that might have like one trendy local person, but then like something that's like curated very well to where it's like, there's like more unknowns or people who, aren't as uh well known yet you know what I mean Mm because like I feel like if if it was something that like if there was like a community that's like still trying to look and like claw for more like people to find and incubate and make just a more diverse scene Mm -hmm. I would love that
0: do you think Nashville needs more diversity in the DIY scene as it is today
1: I wanna see I feel like in ways stuff is like still really segregated here whenever mm-hmm. it comes to like the different genres of music and like the demographic of people who come to it or I feel like mm-hmm. of people who feel comfortable going to it because like everyone on the lineup is like white usually. You know what I mean? So it's one of those yeah. things to where it's like I'm very I have participated in the electronic scene and I also have participated in like the R and B and rap scene here. That are two different groups and of course friendships like there's like mutuals in between but it's like i was having a conversation with one of my friends who's a rapper here and i was like i want to see different shows to be really truly be integrated like i want people of color to like look at like some like rave bill or something like that or like a show with like indie pop or whatever and like come and have fun maybe because there is a rapper on that bill or someone who can go back and forth with that genre so i still really get a huge sense of like Scenes being like segregated.
0: I absolutely uh, share your feelings there. As a promoter, it's something I think about a lot, and I can say, like, quantitatively, if I've been at or even hosted a bill, and the artists are all white or close to all white or especially close to all white men, which doesn't usually happen for me. But just one show specifically, like, really sweet people on the bill, but it was seriously mostly a bunch of white dudes. And everyone that was there was a white dude. There wasn't even really other women there besides me and my fellow promoter. It was kind of like, whoa, this is crazy that that happens. But it does. And that's important that representation on a bill is going to make people feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. to come out to that show. I can't speak from personal experience being white like I've never had to feel unwelcome to a space but like do you think that people have had those feelings or has anyone expressed those feelings to you of like seeing an all-white bill like makes them not feel welcome at that space
1: uh, yes and no. It's more of just, like, that silent, like, agreement, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, just because a lot of really fun functions that I have gone to, where there's a huge mix of diversity, are always, like, the rap shows, you know what I mean, that, like, yep. our, like, group put on. And it's so much fun. But also, too, the same people who participate, usually the same people who participate in, like, those rap shows are still also, too, trickled into, like, um like rave sets and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But, yeah.
0: How do you think that kind of issue of representation on Bills and in the audience translates to not only like a racial segregation that we can still see, but also uh, queer representation and queer community here, and queer, queerness in music and queerness in DIY? Do you think we have a strong, like, queer DIY scene here?
1: Yes and no. There's definitely queer people who, like, we all support each other and do X, Y, Z. But I wish I saw just, like, more, though. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, more, like, actually, like, queer ran spaces. Yep. But I would love to see, like, queer men, like, taking reins, like, in, like, the scene here and doing more. Like... Yeah, like, I would just love to see, like, a collective of just, like, queer men. Like, I think that'd be so cool because, like, women are so strong here and are, like, bound together and are, like, running spaces like Dark Matter. Like, it's predominantly, like, women or, like, femme, like, ran. And I love that, but I want to see... I need to see the queer males to do some shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, I want to see, like, a mix of, like, queer males. Like, I need more of, like, my queer men out here. Like, we need... It's like, oh, they're here. Like, I have them. I just We just all need to collect and take over. Like, we need to. We haven't been doing that, but we need to. So I would just want to see more participation from, like, queer men.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, like, I would love that. Like... That would just soothe me. I would love that if I could just like work with my boys.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. And your name is Internet Boyfriend.
1: Yes, it is Internet Boyfriend Kahlo, but my government name is Charles.
0: (laughs) Well, why are you Internet Boyfriend? Where did that come from?
1: Well, originally, whenever I started making music in like the end of two thousand and sixteen, it was my the project was originally called De Calo, which in English means of Calo, and uh, I and then it kind of just like was really hard because I grew up in because like I'm in the south, so like everyone pronounced Calo as Kalo, And I was, like, really annoyed. I was like, please don't butcher that name any fucking more. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, my God, Internet Boyfriend. And I love it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just, like, stuck with it and still kept Kalo around. So, like, um, that's really, I mean, that's my nickname. Like, that's my street name. Like, I know where I am whenever I hear Kalo or I hear Charles. You know what I mean? And um, there's not really, like, a huge difference between it. Like, you can call me either or. If I don't really know you, call me Kalo. Um... Usually if I'm out and it's, like, within the context of, like, performing or something like that, I'm, I introduce myself as Kahlo, and most people call me Kahlo and get that, but yeah. I don't know. If we're just, like, friends kicking it and it's something really casual, like, you know, please call me Charles. Like, people call me Internet, too, sometimes, which That's is fun. which is funny. But, um, but, yeah, no, most people, I'm Kahlo, but if I really like you, please, please call me Charles.
0: Good to know. Your plan right now is to move to New York City Mm -hmm. in perhaps the fall. What big plans and ideas do you have for the rest of your time in Nashville? What are you working on?
1: So I'm currently writing and slowly recording an EP called BB and stands for Baller Baby. And um, I'm just, like, working a lot and trying to save some money. And I would love to move to New York City in, like, September of this year.
0: So tell me about the concept behind Baller Baby. Like, how, how far along are you with that EP or album? EP? EP. Uh-huh.
1: I, I have four songs for it right now. Um, a, there's still a few of them still need to be written and recorded. But I have four songs for it right now and I shot all the visual work for it in LA last year in November and it's really just about my times going out with my crews my girlfriends and not paying for anything just really balling out and really indulging in excess and it's accessible and no matter where you come from you can get that and I just think it's really nice uh, it's just a reflection on my times just right now, like my my experience in nightlife, enjoying the excess of extreme luxury, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like it's like me and my girls going out, meeting these like affluent men and we don't have to pay for anything. And we're kind of getting like those reparations back in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see it as like appropriate reparations.
0: Yeah. I love that um viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that way too um, when it comes to the idea that a wealthy white men should, can and should just give you money for being around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you want to drop a couple of names for the tracks that you have on there?
1: Yes. So a track I have right now, there's one called, well, there's one called I Know What I Want, and that's going to be the first single. And I've been playing it off of, a, I've been playing it in um, a few, sets already. There's a song called Simone Rocha. She's one of my favorite designers. Uh, there's one called I Like It When Boys Cry and the title track, BB.
0: The song I Know What I Want, You've def- I've seen you play it multiple times, perform it multiple times live. Um, and the lyric, to my knowledge, goes, I know what I want, I know what I deserve, and if you're not about it,
1: you can hit the curb. Because I like driving fast and I love like riding in cars and I love cruising um, and I love riding passenger seat and so like, what I've been writing a lot about like driving fast and I've been listening to Shut Up and Drive by Rihanna a lot recently <laughs> so I'm yes. just like you can hit the curb and like in the song I'm talking about like going 85 heading back to Eastside like just like really fun shit like that because I just think like... Driving fast, riding in nice cars, and just like speeding, that gives me such an adrenaline rush. And I think it falls right in line with living in excess because I believe in an excess of everything except moderation. So it's one of those things that I just, that's what I live off of and that's what I feed off of. It's just like, and that's something I really like in Nashville, it's just like that rich culture. Of just straight up luxury, and if you, and I'm all about the manifest of it. Manifest anything, mm-hmm. and it will come.
0: Yeah, I love that song, and that energy you describe is definitely there. I share the same experience of loving driving fast in the car with a loud song going. Mm-hmm. But not only that, those lyrics are like to me. Those lyrics are super empowering, um, and kind of about like consent and just knowing Mm -hmm. your boundaries and knowing your limits and not being afraid to tell someone tell someone off if you're not feeling it
1: exactly and that's straight up what a baller baby is being about it's about knowing what you want accepting nothing else but what you deserve and if you're not feeling it you're not feeling it like literally it's all it's all about being a powerful Individual with a greater sense of what you want and how you know you can get it from somebody consensually, uh, not like in an unhealthy way. Like, I'm not saying scam, 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 scam. And when you mm-hmm. are participating in like any kind of like a- arrangement with somebody, whether you're male or female or whatever, like. You have to have your safety first, your better interest in mind, and also to go into it with, like, a really genuine attitude. Like, literally, like, these people are looking for genuine, like, relationships with people. So if you just go into something with an arrangement with somebody and you're not genuine, they can probably tell. And that's not really, like, it just doesn't look good. I think the intentions you have of going into something like if you're seeking an arrangement or like just going out with somebody and all your friends are being taken care of you know this is just my approach i like being genuine and being very transparent with those people i'm like this is what you're getting yourself into
0: yeah you have to know your limits Mm -hmm. but also have like respect for yourself and Mm -hmm. Be able to vocalize that, and I think that I think I know what I want describes that really well. Uh, That that sentiment, um, and it's super empowering. But you also have another single that's about to come out that is separate, to my knowledge, from the Baller Baby EP. It's a collab.
1: Yes, it's a collab with Essential Oil. It's crazy. It's called CBD, and I'm so excited about it.
0: Will you tell me a little bit? About that track? Yeah, I will.
1: Um, so it's called CBD, but it stands for Crash, Burn, and Die. And whenever we were writing it, I was like watching a lot of like uh, coverage about Princess Diana's death and just like her life. And I was like, oh my God. And so writing it, uh, she was like an inspo for it, but at the same time, it actually has nothing to do with her. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> CBD, Crash, Burn, and Die. She did Crash, Burn, and Die. Um, so it's pretty dark rest in peace yeah no rest in peace like I love Diana so much um, anyone who knows me knows that I love like ro- royalty and study the royal family and have nothing but respect for them so yeah no it's called CBD crush burn and die and it's really fun because it's also too on the same notion of just like being strong and rolling up with your friends your crew and your girls and not taking shit from anybody because it's on the same subject matter as I know what I want you know what I mean Mm-hmm. Because, like, the lyrics are literally, like, when I roll up with my girls, we're not to be fucked with. So it's straight up just a song about just self-care. And it's, like, a champion. And it's an anthem of Mm -hmm. self-care and having fun and nightlife and, like, drawing a line. Because, like, the chase of the nightlife, chase is fun between two people or like the animosity like this really intense like hardcore sexual tension between a stranger or somebody like if you're really like out for those intentions and you're giving someone the eyes there's a fair line between like what is consensual and what's abusive and then chase can be a very healthy thing and that's one of my favorite thrills about nightlife is like meeting someone Or giving someone the eyes if you're at the club, you're on the dance floor, and you see that person, you're ready for it. Like, that chase is, like, so much fun. And there is a time and place where the chase is healthy and two people can exist in a way that's not abusive or toxic. And it's nothing but fucking fun.
0: I know the content of the song because I produced it, full disclosure. But... (sighs) But, um, yeah, it's also kind of a fuck off to anyone that is against what you just described, I would say. Like, when you roll up to the club with your girls with the intention to take up space and live your best life, anyone that's trying to fuck with you can crash burn and die, essentially.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. No, no, I mean, like, that's what it is. It's, like, crash, burn, and die. Like, it's, like, the people who are coming for you. And, like, it's still, like, it's an anthem of, like, self-celebration and self-worth and just self-wealth. Because the opening lines are, yes, I buy my own shit, I don't need a man for it. Which is crazy, because, like... I literally like woke up one day and all of my friends are sugar babies like it it it, it literally happened within like um, like, it did happen overnight it literally happened like in a month like I, I just like wake up one day and like everyone's like okay you need to come with me on this like day everything's paid for don't worry about it he's really nice like blah 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 And so it's one of the things to where it's like for me personally, like I have never had a man buy me anything like that ever or have ever never been taken out by a man. Personally, I've only gotten the secondhand sugar. So this song is really the the song with CBD, the single separate from the EP. it's, it's, It's just a lot of fun and it has a good message.
0: Sex work and sugar baby like work is really valid. Like we talked about earlier but you also obviously have this philosophy of working hard and taking care of yourself and building up your career so whether or not you engage in that kind of work you can still take care of yourself and you can buy your own shit and you don't need a man for it
1: yeah exactly
0: so cbd is going to be released uh, for streaming and for downloads on all platforms friday april 12th but do Plan on doing any more kind of collaborations with other artists?
1: I really want to put my friend Fame Walking on Baller Baby. That'd be really cool. Um, uh, yes. really, I mean, like, all of the tracks are collaborations. Like, two of them are produced by my friend Young Antoine, and then one's produced by AC Lambda Celsius, and then another is produced by my girlfriend, DJ Jane Dupree, yes. who is literally so fucking sick. And so, all of it is collaboration. And then, as far as like other, um, I know for a couple videos, like, I'll be collaborating with my friends here in Nashville, and then, um, I need to do at least, I need, I I need to do some photo work, too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, really everything I do is a collaboration. I just do the main operations, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But really, every, Internet Boyfriend is a huge collaboration between community and friends and my loved ones, and so, we all are Internet Boyfriend, and I'm just the face of it, you know what I mean? It's one of those things, no, like, literally, like, Mm-hmm. I can't produce or engineer by myself like everything I do is a collaboration so there's so there's many people behind what I do as there is with any project I would assume so um but no I have a strong team of friends loved ones a lawyer
0: <laughs> so, Fabulous. yeah yes.
1: so I let that be that. known <laughs>
0: I love to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. I love Fame Walking and Jane Dupree. Mm-hmm. I'm really Extremely. excited. Really excited. You can catch Jane DJing at Canvas.
1: Yeah, Jane. Like, yeah, Jane DJ's at Canvas a lot, and then other spots too. Um, I really, I really, really, truly like forget where, but I know that like if you follow her, like she's always posting like where she's DJing at because she throws some lit parties, and she's such a good person. <laughs>
0: awesome so we're finishing up here today with internet boyfriend thank you for listening to the sugar spice podcast
1: featuring me internet boyfriend I've had so much fun talking about myself like I usually do <laughs> hopefully this has given you some more insight on who I am what I'm about and where we're going so Thank you so much for listening and
0: be ready for baller baby and stay on the lookout for cbd a collaboration between internet boyfriend and essential oil which comes out april twelfth, 2019 thank you guys this has been